Shalom, this is Rav Johnny Solomon, and I would like to tell you about the services that I provide to men and women around the world. Firstly, if you have a she'ilah, a halachic query or a halachic topic you would like to learn more about as it applies to your life, and you feel that you don't have a Rav with whom you can discuss this question, I offer online halachic consultations. Secondly, if you have some theological or spiritual query, or if you're in need of some chizuk, I provide spiritual coaching. And lastly, if you'd like to learn about a particular Torah topic, I offer one-to-one -one learning. For each of these services, you can book an appointment for a small fee at my website, rabbijohnnysolomon.com, which seamlessly, with the magic of Calendly, then appears in my online calendar. And within a few minutes, you'll receive a message with a Zoom link. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking with you. Everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of RZ Weekly, our weekly podcast about religious Zionism, modern orthodoxy, and what connects the two, everything in between. My name is Ruben Spalter. I am the director or the director, the coordinator of the Rimonim program at Herzog Academic College in Alon Shmud in Israel. If you're a teacher looking for teacher training in religious Zionism and other areas, send me an email. I'm here with Harabanit Malibravsky. Hello, Harabanit Malibravsky. How are oh, you? Hello, hi. Uh, good. Baruch Hashem. We'll talk about how I am in a second. Um, uh, Rabbi Nibali is the head of the Shadabet program at... Yes. I always get this Senior right. Senior faculty member and director of Shadabet program and in-house mental health professional at MMY. I've got to say that. And a <laughs> private uh, practitioner, uh, social worker, et cetera, et cetera. She's a popular lecturer and also lectures on behalf of RZ Weekly on Zoom. Um, and we have Rabbi Johnny Solomon. Hello, Rabbi Johnny. Hello, hello. Rabbi Johnny is a... Uh, Private Yoetz Hilchati. He's a writer, a speaker, an author, an editor. What else did I miss? Leave out. Like he's jack of all trades, master of all. I do stuff. Yeah. Okay. I teach. Mentor to me, good friend. Okay. And he has a cool accent. Uh, Rob Johnny, uh, welcome. How are you? Oh, you said hello. Okay. Uh, today, you can see I'm a little off my game because um, it's been a tense day here in Israel. Uh, we are, I live in Yabin Yamin. Uh, Rav Johnny is in Evan Shmuel. So we are under pretty direct rocket fire. You can see the puffs of the Iron Dome every now and then out of my window. Rav Johnny, you just told me you went to Nitzan to go pick up your daughters in the south, which is literally in Otef Aza. By so the way, it, oh, it, yeah. sorry, I'm just going to yeah. say, we just had something canceled for tomorrow night. Even though we're in the Gush, very little going on here. I don't even think we've gotten any d direct um, warnings, but like, our, we, we just had an event canceled. The, tomorrow night was supposed to be an event in my son's school. Nope, not happening. So Right, even like you were, I think also there's, it's most, most so jarring because we just got out of Coronaville and then like you see you're just sort of thrown right back into it. My wife is online and my daughter's learning like, you know, Merachok. You, you had regular school, didn't you, Marlene? We you had, had regular school. school. That's what I'm saying. Even in Gush Etzion, which is not somehow, but so far we have not been, you know, under barrage of rockets. But even here, even here, yeah. you know. 
So it's been a tense time, and please God, everyone should be safe. There was lo alenu, a loss of life, and it's been incredibly tense. And as we're speaking right now, like I have the Tzaba Adom on my earphones. I don't know why I keep it on. I feel like they need to keep it on. I'm sure all of you do too, just to identify, but then you just can't get any work done. It's really terrible. You know, my wife's co colleagues all live in Otef Aza because they're in, in, uh, in Futsat Yavne. So this is the tension in which we live. And so yeah, this all comes in the, in the backdrop of Yom Yerushalayim yesterday and the building tensions because of the fakery that is the, you know, the, the Sheikh Jarrah. We're not a political podcast. There are a lot of politicians who sort of, people who sort of analyze this and what caused it and what created the Haslama, et cetera, et cetera. But what Haslama I wanted to talk... Sorry, Ruby. Haslama means deterioration, just for listening Haslama to from Sulam means escalation. Oh, I thought it meant deterioration. As, haslim, Sulam, escalation. Huh. It's an escalation. I think, I'm pretty sure. That's, uh, that sounds right. It's no, like I Johnny, can never figure you... out if Tzinuk is going up or going down. That's another I never write Tzinuk. Johnny, Haslama, escalation <laughs> or de-escalation? I'm going with you. Ah, yeah. sounds right. It sounds now you got to look it up. I'm going to look okay. it up. That's what I always remember. Haslama from Sulam. The Shoresh is Sulam. Okay, so we learned a word. The RZ Weekly Word of the Week. By the way, we should do that. We should have a Word of the Week. We should do that, yeah. It's a good idea. Okay. Um, um, and the next one, if Johnny, next week, I want you to teach me what... I got it. Yes. Yep. What I want to teach you, John, Johnny, I want you to teach me what the word peritetiut is. Because you hear it on the news all the time. Peritetiut. Oh, yeah. But I digress. Anywho. Um, What's most distressing to me is I get on, for reasons that I don't understand, I get on social media and I see a string of people writing about, about Yom Yerushalayim specifically and specifically an event called the Rikud de Galim. Now, the Rikud de Galim is the flag march and it's been going on for years and years and years. And it is sadly only primarily a religious event, but it's an event that, that celebrates the capture and the reunification of Yerushalayim. And it's an event that mostly involves high school students dancing from the entrance of Yerushalayim, from Mir down to the Old City. Now, over the years, this has taken on, to some degree, in the media, a slant that there are boys that are, I would say, rowdy and inappropriate, and they go through the shuk and they bang on doors. And it's but it has become labeled you guys hear the rock? The, uh, the, yep. You hear the... Uh, yeah, I think you should point that out. Yeah, you should explain that you live right I, near the Tel Nof Air Force Base. I live literally under Tel Nof, the Air Force Base. Have you heard that? Yeah. I don't apologize. I was like, I salute them and we like, you know... Yeah, no, I think it's good for our, our, our listeners to hear what's going on. This I guess so. This is what we hear all the time. They're taking off. So uh, you heard that. You know, you know what it is. Yeah, I guess so. You see that. All right. Anyway, uh, somebody said... Somebody wrote on, on a, po a post recently, he said, uh, normally there's like an agreement between Tel Nof, they're not supposed to on their takeoffs go over our Yishuv, but somehow it's like a reassuring sound when you hear it during this time. You know, yeah, Baruch Hashem, it's our, it's our, it's our planes. Um, anyhow, but I digress. The idea being, it has taken on this narrative that's just taken for granted in the, in the, in the broader media that the flag march is a nationalistic right-wing racist um, program or initiative and that anyone who participates in it is obviously part of this radical right-wing ultra-nationalist group, i.e. if you participate in the flag march, you're essentially associated with Itamar Ben-Gvir, you're a racist and you're evil. Now, I, I, maybe I'm exaggerating, but that's the perception that I have, that it's, been, that it's perceived in this way. And I found this unbelievably di distressing and upsetting. My son participates in the flag march. His yeshiva and him are by no means, 
uh, radical in any way, in every event, in every program, there will be streams of people that are, that are more radical and less radical. But somehow, the celebration of Jewish sovereignty over Yerushalayim is now painted in a way as being bad, as being negative, as being something to be ashamed of as Jews. Johnny, is my take accurate? Do you feel that way as well? And if so, well, t or I, I stopped asking you questions, but I want to know, do you understand why I have this perception? Do you have a similar perception? And what, what should we do about it? What, why is it happening? So I think your description is, is fair. Of course, what we're trying to do is looking uh, from the inside to those looking from the outside and trying to understand their tone, their remarks, uh, and how they frame what we think is something far, far more tame than necessarily is often described. You know, this podcast is called RZ Weekly, right? Religious Zionism. In fact, in modern Hebrew, the phrase is Dati Lumi, right? It's actually national religious. And as a religious Zionist, we celebrate being proud of our nation in our country, not at the cost of others, but we are proud in terms of recognizing the return of the Jewish people to the Jewish homeland, and we resolve to stay here as a Jewish people in the Jewish homeland. We mourn those who have given their lives to do so, and we celebrate the gift of Medinat Israel and on Yom Yerushalayim, the opportunity to, to live, to visit Yerushalayim Yer HaKodesh. And what seems to have happened, as you say, in recent years is what is broadly a very tame march with very simple uh, messaging has been presumed to carry uh, a certain improper undertone. And overall, that word nationalist seems to have now been a word that many that you would think are comfortable using are clearly uncomfortable using. And it makes us members of this podcast, each in our different locations, representatives of religious Zionism as Olim who now live here, wonder, you know, what are other people not seeing that we see, shall we say? And why is what we think to be ultimately our lifestyle, our way of life, our values, again, not at the cost of other people, seem to be extremist or, or problematic or whenever people, especially those living outside of Israel, reflect on it, there's considerable posturing uh, and lots of kind of diplomatic ums and ahs and buts. Um, whereas what we would have expected from many of those being peers to say is they too are proud of the Jewish homeland, are proud of the Jewish return to Jerusalem, and believe that what a wonderful thing it would be on Yom Yerushalayim for young men and women, and not just so young men and women, to walk in Jerusalem celebrating that city. So why do you think that's happening? What's happened that, you know, that something that was so universally accepted, the idea of Israel, of, of Israeli sovereignty, Jewish sovereignty over Israel, over Jerusalem being a good thing, has somehow become something that people seem to be ashamed of or upset about. You know, I was thinking about it more and more, and I thought, like, a very simple statement. I'm a religious Zionist, but I'm a Zionist. Like, 
you know, the Jewish, like, is it so hard to say? The land of Israel is the internal homeland of the Jewish people. Stop. The city of Yerushalayim is the undivided eternal capital of the Jewish people. To say that today, I think, it, it, it's a statement. I'm radicalizing myself. But that was something that was pretty much universally agreed upon by Zionists, by, from, from a wide spectrum of people, for many, many years. My right. And, and I'll just bri briefly comment, and Marley would love to say some things, which is, there has been this strange, and again, I'm not speaking about any individual person, any particular community. Uh, we're speaking generally, and, and this is a general concern. But there has been a certain ebbing away of, of celebrating Medinat Yisrael as Medinat Yisrael and Yom Yerushalayim as Yom Yerushalayim from a whole variety of people that one would not expect it to be. And it, it, it's as if now that we have this wonderful country and this wonderful city, rather than celebrating it, there is an endeavor often to try and find fault as if that is a sufficient replacement of celebration. I say, if there are things to find fault with, then find fault. But one should also be prepared to say, wow, right? Not just in terms of our prayers to God, but also in terms of our words to others. I think, I don't know if I've mentioned to you, I did a project, in fact, it's pretty much finished, over a, a period of years of transcribing sermons of a British rabbi who, who had a pulpit from basically the mid-40s to the late 60s. It was fascinating. I transcribed hundreds of his sermons. It was just wonderful to hear what a traditional Orthodox rabbi from the UK was saying in 1948 and 50s, 60s, after Yom Yerushalayim. And, you know, the, the sense of, of excitement, of, of pride, and I think sometimes people can take even the greatest of things for granted. That's one of the things that spirituality is supposed to do, to remind us of the wonderful things that we have. I personally, I don't have the schut of living in Yerushalayim, but I get to teach it twice a week, and for me, just going there is an amazingly exciting thing. Each time, it's not lost on me. But there does seem to be a certain dilution of, of passion, uh, shall we say, of um, unconditional passion, of unconditional commitment that I think some of us have encountered, and, and it's confusing. Truth be told, I'm not, I haven't got absolute solutions. It's confusing because, again, this is, I thought, what those who call themselves religious Zionists, you know, agree upon. Again, without making any comment about any other thing uh, and without these statements coming at the cost of the rights or dignity of others. Molly. Okay, so first of all, I just want to clarify a few things because you spoke very broadly. Um, and I want to just kind of a little bit pinpoint some, you, you know, kind of what we're talking about. Because if we're not clear, we, we want to be sensitive, but if we're not clear, then, you know, we have to be precise about what we're talking about. So when you said, like, Oh, there are people who find the Rikud Galim, you know, an, an expression of, of radical nationalism. So, like, that's always been true of, let's say, the, um, what would I call them? The f left slash far left um, secular elites, let's call them, right? Let's say people who are in the media, um, certain politicians. Um, but... That's not surprising, and I don't think that's what we're talking about, right? We're not surprised when we watch, and this is actually, I thought this was hilarious yesterday, and I will give this example because it, 
it, it shook me. Yesterday I was on watching, t- I, I was, for whatever reason, I don't usually watch television, but I happened to have been someplace where the TV was on. My son uh, was at the Rikudzikali. I have to tell you, what got me was, I'll say, I mean, I'm not going to name him, but a leading Jewish educator writes about it, writes about the march, that today it's an ethno-nationalist display of power. Okay, so that would embarrass the Kuzari. I mean, okay, so I did not see that, but I will say, okay, so fine. So I'm not surprised again, like, so, so I'm watching the march. I wasn't surprised that this person wrote that. I was surprised to the person who were people who were agreeing with it. Right, exactly. So what, what this is what I want to say. What I want to say is that I'm not surprised when I'm watching TV and like, you know, the um, the 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 left leaning media guys trying to interview. Yesterday, there was a question if they were going to go through Sharshchem or they weren't going to go through Sharshchem. And again, I want to just also shout out to my son's yeshiva that Milacha Chila didn't take them through Sharshchem. They did. They do their own march and they they went through a different Shar and they didn't. And then whatever, they were very safe and very careful. And I was really impressed. Just wanted to say that. But I'm watching. Right. And the, 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 the reporter is trying to like catch these, you know, and they're trying to you know the 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 fires are rising and the two sides and and let's try to interview some of these radical you know dancers and you look at the radical dancers you've got boys who are just pouring out the, themselves in joy and love they're not thinking about am i going through shashchem or am i going through Yafo? they're not thinking about they're just thinking about yay yushalayim i love you i love jumping around with my friends and celebrating yom yushalayim and i don't I, I, seriously and then they tried to interview this rav and they said what do you think about the decision to not go through shashchem um, no, they, they, and he, he he said, "Oh, we're we're not going through. Shars- we're not going into the old city. Okay, fine." And then they're like, "No, you are going through, in through to the old city. You're just going through Sharyafo." And he goes, "Oh, great!" Like the, the, <laughs> the conflict, like the contrast between what this guy was like expecting this person to say, and the response was so glaring that it highlighted for me what we're talking about. Right? This this difference between the narrative that's being pushed and the reality, and I think that's what's hard for us. But to, but what I what I'm getting to is what you just said, which is what it doesn't disturb me, and I'm not surprised when I see it from certain, the New York Times, from That's the New York Times, and fine. from you know Reshet, whatever in Israel. I'm start to get concerned when I see it creeping in. Creeping is not the right word. Let's say appearing, right? Because I don't want to use a judgmental word. Appearing, in, in whatever word you want to use, appearing in certain segments. Haslama, of, does that work? Haslama. You're right. Escalating <laughs> in certain segments of the modern Orthodox community then that makes me wonder. And again, I don't have a problem with critiques of certain things, right? I also don't like, you know, if if young men run through the shook and start banging on, on doors and windows if that happens. And I don't, I don't like, we can talk about other examples of things I don't like. No, we'll bring but, it up what you don't like in a second. We'll bring it okay, up in a second. Okay, we'll bring it up. And I think we should say it, name it, put it on the table, talk about how to fix it, but to tar everybody with the same brush as if the entire thing is that. And then I feel like there seems to be this need now within certain segments of the community when they're talking about Yom Yerushalayim to kind of always have this, oh, because uh, because there's a certain narrative out there, because we are very ethical and we are, you know, um, very like aware of complexity so we're never going to talk about Yom Yerushalayim without raising the complexity of the issues right and I feel like that's like polite language for saying no what you're really doing is 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 kind of creating a certain moral equivalency and and what you're all and what you're really doing is basically saying that that like you're not so comfortable with the religious Zionist world and you're 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 tarring the entire religious Zionist world with a giant question mark. And I think that that concerns me. 
because I don't, th I, for all the people talk about complexity, that is not complex. You are actually not being complex in your understanding of the religious Zionist world. Um, and I'm wondering if it, you know, Johnny said he's not sure where it comes from, but I do wonder, and we can talk about where does it come from? Does it come from a need, again, to identify with certain narratives about nationalism being problematic, certain narratives about, you know, oppression being wrong and victimhood versus oppression and, and you know, very, very like, maybe even like knee-jerk identity, identification with, with defending the victim. There are, there are a lot of like, you know, I don't want to like go into the weeds of like psychological analysis of it, but I do think there's a phenomenon going on. And I think that we who are living the religious Zionist experience feel that it's that 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 phenomenon is not reflective of the reality of the facts on the ground. That that I think is what's bothering us. Is I don't that, know if it's a matter of, of facts on the ground more than like yes, Zionism, as Johnny said, is a form of nationalism. It is a form of nationalism. There's national pride. I am a Jew, not just as a religious expression, but as a, that is my nation. Fine. I so belong are, to okay. Am Yisrael. So there are two and points. I wonder, I wonder, does that cause a sense of discomfort? discomfort. Right, so maybe there are two things. One because, is, because are, in you, the Western are you world uncomfortable today, with right? In, in the Western world today, nationalism, ultra-nationalism for sure, but any kind of nationalism, is a cardinal sin. Okay, so I'd almost say, as bad as racism. Right. So I'd say two things. One, are you uncomfortable with nationalism, and that's one conversation. And two, are you uh, assuming certain false beliefs to large, large swaths of people who don't have those false beliefs? Right. That bothers me as well. Right. Those, those are two things. One is, are you just, are you just uncomfortable with my nationalism? And the other, or our whatever. And the other is, are you assuming like certain unethical either beliefs on my part or on the part of my community as a whole or behaviors of, on the part of my community as a whole at, that are not actually fair and reflective judgments on my community as a whole. Right, because those behaviors appear in a fringe, that must mean that we have to define, and those very same people, looking at, let's say, the other side of the coin, the left side of the coin, never see the flaws and only see the positive sides and they're blind to the... Meaning, I think we're all guilty of this to some degree. We always see the flaws on the other side. But I think what, conf what confuses me is I thought that many of these people are on my side. I thought it's my team. It's my national team. But again, it's I want to say, it's, it's fair. Like, let's be honest, right? It's fair. I'm not saying not to be critical. It's, it's fair, fair to be critical. It's fair to be critical. What bothers us, I, I mean, if I can speak for all of us, then I'm sure Johnny has what to add. But like, it's fair to be critical. I think what bothers us is the sense that like somewhere you crossed a line between being on our team and criticizing us from a place of like, um, basically you think we're doing okay, but you'd like to correct A, B, and C. And now I don't think you think you're on our team anymore. You're create. It's like there's a different team that's sort of being created over there. And I'm not on your team if your team is a team that's like, like some of the things I don't agree. So with I have to say, team. I shared with this you on. It was a, somebody who was commenting on somebody else's Facebook post that I think he deleted for this reason. I, I, the guy has a Jewish name. I don't know if he's a Jew, but he said. But they were talking about you know who who's guilty and who's not about this latest sevev, especially after. And we're going to get to this in a second. We're going to get to this. Uh, the the tree lit up on Harabayit, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But somebody wrote. For diaspora's Jewry's self-interest, it doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong or what's fair or not, or even long-term consequences for the Jews of Israel. Israel looking aggressive is bad for us here. 
And I was like, I, so, yeah, but that's uh, an extreme I mean, the one thing, that's an extreme individual. Maybe you say they don't all feel that way, but is that a reflection? But that's the same as so, we're saying, so, don't tar all of us with the same brush. I'd say the same thing, don't tar every single, we have to look at trends, right? So, so that's what I'm wondering. Is there a trend here? I'm starting to see it and I'm kind of. Is there a, one second, is there a trend of Jews who support Israel saying it's another Sebeb, it's a cycle of violence, Israel has to take responsibility? So I'm saying, I think there's a trend buy, that are buying things. into that narrative. I don't know if I would, that are buying if I into know that what they're saying, but there's the trend that's buying into a narrative that's not the narrative that I believe in. That's what I would say. Okay, so we're going to come back to the disturbing thing. We're going to take a break. Can I, can I, Johnny, I, want to respond, I, and then I we'll do take want, a break. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, I say your sign. We'll take a break okay. in a second. So I, I just want to respond to this word gang or, or well, is that the word you just used? Gang or... Uh, or group or something like I that. I hope not. I don't, did I say gang? Like, so my side or your side? Uh, team. You see, I, I said I see, team. Uh, team. Okay, whatever. So so my feeling is it, it's slightly different. Um, and, and I haven't been following quite as many of these different posts. Uh, I, you know, we use the word Israel and we use the word Israeli, right? And oftentimes I, I, I expect Jews living in Israel and beyond living in Israel to see me as their Jewish family as do I to them but then something happens uh, when talking about Israel as a country it's as if I am am their brother sister or you know cousin but Israel sometimes is a far far more distant relative to which the 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 way in which one engages with topics relating to Israel is not from a place of close family, but is instead much more from a kind of much more uh, reserved uh, and perhaps um, neutral place. Not all the time and not absolutely. In terms of celebrating Israel, fine. But in terms of when events take place, I mentioned before this notion of posturing. And for a religious Zionist, you know, Israel is an expression of the Jewish family. I don't think I distinguish between the two as much as others may do. Maybe I'm not quite making sense, but I'm just trying to, trying to tease things uh, out loud. I, I know that there are many people who are totally supportive, uh, empathetic of uh, following, uh, and, and truth be told, financial and, and emotional supporters of Israelis. But something's changed about how people relate Wait, to so Israel. So, Johnny, can I just fill that in and, and ask you to clarify? I'm not trying to interrupt you, but I'm trying to clarify. I think sure, I, there's I'm like a big line these days, which is I support Israel, but it doesn't mean that I support the government, right? Because I don't like this politician. I don't like this party. Oh, we have to get back to that in a second. Right, but let, so, let me just take a break. That, that wait, wait, let me take I, a break. Okay, but I want to hear Johnny's response to that after the break, because I think to me that's the line that is often used as a segue to then do what Johnny's describing. And again, it's legitimate to not support a government or policies, but I wonder if Johnny's right. Okay, we'll take a break, and then Molly will ask her question again from Johnny right after this. Do you know a family looking to enrich their children's Jewish learning? Some want to give their children Jewish enrichment beyond what they're learning in day school. Others don't send their kids to private Jewish day school. And many Jewish parents today homeschool, but still need a solution that offers their children serious Jewish learning. That's why I created Kita. Kita offers serious Jewish learning at an affordable price. With Kita, middle school age children receive three Khan Academy style lessons each week and also participate in a weekly Zoom lesson. 
Over this past year, children in Jewish families around the world studied and developed their Jewish learning skills with Kita. Now, we're looking to build on our incredible success as we open enrollment for the fall 2021 semester. Courses will include the 10 trials of Avraham Avinu as we study texts from Reishit, Megillat Ruth, as well as Mishnah Masechet Sukkah. To schedule a consultation and find out if Kita is right for your family, visit kita.org slash home plus and fill in the registration form. That's kita, K-I-T-A-H dot org slash home plus. And we're back. Molly, what did you want to ask Johnny again? Can you repeat your question? Do I, do I have to, or Johnny? Do no, you Johnny, do you want to just answer it? No, yes, because it, it, like our listeners you think I had a long what? break, and now we're trying to remember. Okay, well, fine. John, Johnny was saying that he feels like there's a difference between, like, like the pe- people are starting to have the sense, like, the Israelis are my brothers and sisters, but Israel as an entity, or, you know, as a political entity, um, they're feeling more distant from, Right. That's fair, Johnny, to say that's what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm saying uh, I, I, again, I'm, it's what I'm trying to figure out. Maybe there's truth in what I've just said. Maybe it's just nonsense. No, no. I'm just. I'm, I think that you're right. I'm, I'm throwing it out. And loud. I'm saying what the, the the line people often use before they say that is, I support Israel, but it doesn't mean I have to support its government, which is a fair, right? I could say the same thing about America. I support America. I might not love government X or government government Y. Um, so then why, so like if that's fair, right? It's fair to say that, right? A person can say, I, like, I support Israel, totally. yeah. I don't support Israel. So, but what is it? But still, I feel like there's something there that's bothering you. And I think it's resonating with, certainly with me, I'm assuming with Ruby. And I'd like to ask you if, if you can tease out, then if it's fair to say that, what is it that's bothering you? Well, actually, let's, let's talk briefly about this idea. Wait, wait, of, now what is it bothering you? Why do you think it's happening? What, what's causing that? I think that's more... Well, I, I, think, I think a lot of... Imagine a person isn't living here. So what do they find out about Israel? They, they know how their cousins or brothers and sisters are doing. And they read about Israeli government, which is often not that kindly portrayed in media. And uh, <laughs> I think Accurately that, so. <laughs> right. I, I think that sometimes far too much is put at the feet, feet of the handful of government ministers that we have, whether we like them or not, meaning we have a population here of, you know, many millions, and some things happen even without Bibi saying so. I mean, some things happen even without uh, this minister or that minister necessarily um, taking charge. There is a desire to simplify all events in Israel based on the comments and decisions of ministers. Now, of course, sometimes that's absolutely right. Big decisions are made, and there are consequences of decisions. But sometimes events happen not purely because of, of politicians. It's because there are tensions amongst people or there are disagreements between people. Uh, it may be to do with the high court, and that's part of what we're discussing. That's a different institution. And I think there's a lack of understanding about uh, the implications of decisions in the high court uh, vis-a-vis the modern state of Israel. Uh, everybody th- thinks it's really an act of meddling, as I say, of the prime minister or those uh, in the, in, you know, in the cabinet. So I, I think people un- think they understand Israeli politics, and therefore they think that everything that happens in Israel is rooted to do with Israeli politics. When in fact, this is a society with many people, where some good things happen because of those people, some bad things happen because of those people, and 
it's not every event in Israel is political. Sometimes it's actually human. So I want to respond and, to what you were saying, Johnny, and throw out an idea, which I think has some merit, but you, you can take it or leave it. And actually, it's important, it's important to voice this, because I know sometimes people who are living, who listen in Kutzaretz, I think that we talk down to them, and we do, and we should be careful about that and try not to do that. And, and not to judge people who are not here for not being here, and you don't know, and you don't understand. People can love Israel and, not be, and be in Chutz Laaretz with all of their heart. And I think it's important for me to say that and for, 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 for me to express that and to try to be more aware of not talking down to people who are in Chutz Laaretz because this is a very, it's a very fine thing. I think, I personally believe that some of this stems from uh, the Prime Minister of Israel's conscious decision to associate himself with Donald Trump. You know, when, I'm in, when I was in America, the amount, the level of, of, of vitriol pro and against Trump when he was the president was, was unbelievable. You simply couldn't talk about it with anyone. You know, here Israeli politics is a national uh, pastime, like Bibi, hate Bibi, but it didn't come to the level of, of a masina. You could be pro, I, I personally, I'm currently publicly not a fan of the current prime minister of Israel and wish we would find a new prime minister. That's my person, but we can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I can talk about it with people. It doesn't raise hatred and animosity and personal judgments the way Trump did. Whereas, but this prime minister, which I think maybe was a mistake, completely aligned himself with Donald Trump, which makes people completely align Israel under this prime minister with Trump, at least in their minds. And that being said, it could very well be that even subconsciously, no matter what this government does under this regime, it will always be perceived with that connection, with that it's, it's right wing, everything it does is right wing, I don't care who's in control of it. And, and there are a lot of Jews, for better or for worse, I'm not being judgmental of them in any way, that have a deep-seated animosity towards Trump and towards anything that he represented and anything that he's associated with. And then it becomes just very hard to distinguish between the two, between that narrative and the, the right wing, the, the, the right wing agenda in America. That's my perception. I know it's just, I know it's a little too political, but I think there might be some truth to it. Molly's nodding, at least give yeah, me some I'm, I'm nodding because I don't want to talk about that, that particular point, but I do want to kind of say that Johnny mentioned the media. I think the role of the media is very big here because I think that I remember like, you know, talking about Trump, but like 10 years ago, maybe, maybe more, when like Trump, like people started painting Bibi in the American press like as a Trump, and I'm like, you don't have to like Bibi, right? But he's not, like that, that's, that, you, you, meaning the, the, the degree to which the American media is invested in vilifying, I'd say, well, maybe vilifying again, I always want to be careful with my words, I don't want to be too strong. I can say the British media vilifies. Yeah, British media uh, for sure vilifies. I, oh my God, I, just as a I side can... point, anybody want to watch Sipi Chotavelli being interviewed on BBC or whatever, it, she did an awesome job, and if you want to see like great defense of Israel and such a clear bias, watch that BBC or whatever it is that English. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We could put the, if anybody wants to see it. But the point is, oh, put the link. I haven't seen it. it I was fun. like, I was surprised. Like this is like, I don't know, election or two ago, and like all you could hear about BB in America. This is years ago. Was like. He takes bribes and he likes cigars and he, and he you know what kind, and again the whole there is a there was a political brouhaha was it right was it wrong to speak in Congress it doesn't matter but my point is if you're consuming American media and particularly if you are a um, center 
left is not a fair word, liberal leaning person, right, then your media outlets, you are going to get a very specific picture of 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 the Israeli government and you're going to get an, an Israeli politicians and of and of the Israeli Palestinian conflict. And I do wonder if consciously or unconsciously that's affecting people and they're not so aware that they're they're not really getting a, um, a picture that's 100 percent accurate. And I'm not saying that in my own name. I would also maybe I'll link Mati Friedman, who was one of the best Israeli um, journalists out there. I highly recommend him. I highly recommend his books. The guy is awesome. He just wrote a piece, um, and he was he's a, he's a journalist, and he he worked closely with the um, foreign press that was covering Israel. He's written a lot of pieces about foreign cover uh, foreign coverance. That's not the word coverage of Israel. And he just wrote a piece on, and I'll link to it. How to be a um, intelligent consumer of, of media about Israel in the larger world, and it's a great piece, and it's and it's important to read because what it it reflects is how how much the media from Israel is not accurate, and and it's so not clear that it's not accurate, and how to kind of how to read it as intelligently as possible, and I wonder if that's also a piece of this, like. How can it not be? How can it not be a piece of it if you're not living here and all you see all the time are are certain things, certain perspectives? Okay, maybe. You know, it's and very maybe hard if, not to. Maybe if you all right, only so Molly, I want to turn. Yeah. I want to turn our attention to the, the event. We maybe said we were talking about. Maybe if you only get your news from the, from from like you know Yeshiva World News and a Rishiva, sure. it's exactly the opposite. You're getting the other side. Right. Yeah. Nuance. Gotta love it. Okay. Said that's what I meant, but he's not gonna do it. Okay. I guess we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> Should we wrap it up here after I you know. Anyway, um, I want to thank Johnny for such a, for and Molly for this open uh, discussion. If you're hearing this, that means that we decided to publish it on the internet. And, <laughs> <laughs> this is trouble. And Maybe our last uh, episode of RZ Weekly ever. I don't think so. I don't know. And uh, actually, we do all together pray for uh, safety and peace for the Jews of Israel. That that Hakadosh Baruch Hu should protect us in this crazy sebeb. As we're speaking, you know, I'm hearing in my earphone, bing bong, bing bong, and you hear the rockets and the, you hear the planes in the background, and that we all can, I think, wholeheartedly agree. We pay, pray for peace and safety for our soldiers, for our sons, for our citizens, and well-being and, and peace and safety for the people of Israel. I want to thank you guys. Thank my son for the music. If you have comments, uh, feel free to share them with us on our Facebook page. You all know how to reach us. And... Uh, Share the RZ love and the interweb.